1: me this i know why for the bible tells me so who do we teach that to senior adults may sing it but we teach it to children jesus loves the little children all the children of the world red and yellow black and white all are precious in his sight
0: that's the message of the gospel
1: Remember, Jesus is the master storyteller. What had, just, what had Jesus just told him about? The last six commandments. And the guy says, yeah, I've done that. I'm good at the don't do's. What is Jesus talking about now? He's talking about the first four commandments, which is you can't have any other gods. You can't have any idols. Don't even take my name in vain and honor the day that I've set aside because it's all about me. And Jesus was saying, until you understand that it's not all about you, you've made it all about you. You've got the big pile of stuff. You've got the house you want. You've got the car you need to drive. You've got everything in your world that you want. Until you understand it's not about you and your world, it's all about me and my kingdom. Until you understand that, you're not really following me. Wow. Could that be the reason that the church of the Lord Jesus Christ across the world and particularly in our culture in America. Could that be the reason that we're so impotent and that we're so infertile that we're not reproducing ourselves is because we focus on the don't do this and we're not doing the one thing that Jesus, when he was asked what's the most important thing, says we've got to do, which is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. In other words, give him everything. Walk away from everything else. Give him everything you've got. Right. so in verse 22 it says disheartened by the saying he went away sorrowful for he had great possessions that's why this is one of the saddest moments in all of the bible and he encountered jesus he, he could have had it all that mattered and he said no thank you he went to the right person he even asked the right question He got the right answer, but listen, he had the wrong response. So you can walk through the church doors, you can hear the Word of God, you can hear the way out, the way back, you can hear a comeback story, but if you don't respond, boy, that's the dumbest decision you could ever make. You can know the right thing to do and still do the wrong thing. And friends, I just need to tell you, this is not where we're ending up, but this is the kind of dumb decision you don't come back from. When you walk away from Jesus, when you thumb your nose at him, when you reject who he is, it affects forever. So remember, when you make a dumb decision, choose to be wise. Put yourself back in the way of Jesus. So Jesus is going to use this opportunity to teach his disciples. This is one of the greatest teaching Passages in all of scripture. I'm studying in Mark how Jesus calls his disciples, how he builds them up, and then he sends them out. And this is one of the great build up passages he's teaching them. So he says, Hey, it's hard for a person who has a lot to come to me. Because if they have a lot, they think they've got everything they need. Why is the fastest growing church in the world in Iran? Why is the second fastest church in the world in China? Because in those places, you have to give it up all to be a follower of Jesus Christ. In our culture, we can can say we're cultural Christians. Because we can just show up once a week and give God an hour and a half and think we've checked a box. It's hard when you've got a lot to give it all to Jesus. And so Jesus is going to talk for the next several verses about this encounter. About how you've got to be willing to count the cost. You've got to be willing to sacrifice what you give up here on this earth, is worth it in eternity. It takes a wise person to walk away from what you have and walk toward what God wants you to have. I want you to stop being dumb. I want you to be wise today. So Peter, <laughs> Peter's always bold. We're going to look at him next week. Peter says, yeah, Jesus, I've done this. <laughs> and, and I just imagine Jesus is going, no, you haven't. You ain't done this. You're going to. But, but you don't even understand yet, Peter. And then Jesus explains it. And as we head toward the cross, don't miss this, verse 32. And they were on the road going up to Jerusalem, and Jesus was walking ahead of them, and they were amazed, and those who followed were afraid, and, and taking the twelve again, so he's bringing the disciples together, and he begins to tell them what's about to happen. Listen, see? We're going up to Jerusalem. Jerusalem. The Son of Man, that's Jesus himself, so me, I, will be delivered over the chief priests and the scribes, and they will condemn him to death and deliver him over to the Gentiles, and they will mock him and spit on him and flog him and kill him. And after three days, he will arise. That's the truth of the gospel before it happens. So when in history, you have people say, is it the Jews that killed Jesus, uh, or is it uh, the Romans who killed Jesus? When Hollywood tries to figure that out, they're missing this verse. Because Jesus was saying, this is a planned event. The scriptures say Jesus was slain, listen to this, before the foundation of the world. This was a part of God's plan. He loves you so much that he made a way for you to come back to God, even though you were born separated from God. And so Jesus is telling them this. He said, hey, this is what Matthew in this account of this even says he's going to be crucified. But Jesus said, yeah, the Jews are going to reject me and then, then they're going to hand me to the Gentiles. That's Pilate and his crew. And then they're going to kill me. But at the end of the story, I'm coming back. I'm so excited because on Easter Sunday, we've been telling these comeback stories. But on Easter Sunday, we're going to talk about the greatest comeback. Because <laughs> when they thought Jesus was down, when they thought he was dead... When they thought he was done, he came back. <laughs> Surely this moved the disciples, right? Surely they're like, man, let's go, Jesus. Let's take on hell with a water pistol. Look at the next, next verse, verse 35. And James and John, now remember these guys, sons of thunder. Man, they were passionate, full of zeal, sons of Zebedee. They came up to him saying, teacher, we want you to do for us whatever we ask of you. Now, if you don't see the irony in that, you're not, you're not following along. Jesus just said, let me tell you, boys, what's about to happen. I'm going to Jerusalem, and the Jews are going to turn me over to the Gentiles, and they're going to beat me, they're going to mock me, they're going to curse me, they're going to kill me, I'm going to die, and then I'm going to raise again. Immediately after that, James and John, okay, thanks, Jesus. Hey, is that, would you do me a favor? Now, before we condemn them, how often do we pray that way? Rather than entering into God's presence, recognizing his holiness, worshiping him for who he is, oh, God, would you do me a favor? It's a dumb moment. But it gets worse. They say to him, grant us to sit, one at your right hand and one at your left hand. Now, this was dumb for two reasons. Number one, they didn't understand his glory. They were right. Jesus was all about glory, but it wasn't an earthly kingdom. Number two, they misunderstood their own glory. And again, that's a problem, a dumb problem a lot of us have. We think it's all about us. And when you think it's all about you, that's going to cause all kind of havoc in your life. It's going to cause all kind of relationship problems. It's going to cause all kind of pain. It's not all about you. The world's not revolving about you. It's easy to see this in this passage, but do you see it in your life? See, when your focus is on your platform, when your focus is on your popularity, when your focus is on your prosperity, when your focus is on your prominence, your focus is out of whack because your priorities are out of whack. Focus is on you, and the focus should always be on Jesus. So what does Jesus say? Bunch of dummies. You do not know what you're asking. You able to drink the cup I drink or to be baptized with the baptism with which I baptize? Are you really ready to experience everything I'm going to experience, he's saying. And they said to him, we're able, we're able. And Jesus said, the cup I drink, you will drink. The baptism I'm about to be baptized with, you will be baptized with. Now, Jesus is telling them something they don't know. Acts chapter 12 tells us that James is going to be killed. He'll be beheaded. So he doesn't get it in this moment, but he is going to suffer. We read the end of the book. We see that John is exiled. I'm planning right now for the summer of 2022 uh, to take a group to Greece to look at the journeys of Paul. And one of the places we'd visit is the Isle of Patmos. And the Isle of Patmos is where John is sent to be by himself. He's going to suffer. God knows he's going to suffer. Jesus speaks to that, but they don't understand that in the moment. So what did they learn? I think they did learn that when you make a dumb decision, you've got to choose to be wise and put yourself back in the way of Jesus. Now, I think they learned that because Jesus kind of fleshed this out more with the disciples. Look at verse 41. And when the two, I mean, when the ten heard it, so the other ten, when they heard what James and John did, they were indignant. Now remember, Jesus got indignant over the disciples. Now the disciples get indignant over what? Are they righteous and are they recognizing that James and John had blown it? Nope. They're mad because they got to Jesus first. There they go again. It's a little click Pete, James, and John. They're always wanting to be first. They get mad. They get upset. The truth is, when you make things all about you, it causes all kind of relational collateral damage. Hi, I'm Paul Purvis, the lead pastor of Mission Hill Church right here in Tampa Bay. Thanks for taking the time to listen to today's The Barnabas Effect. It's a ministry intended to encourage, equip, and empower you That will direct you to a simple way that you can give right there online. Thanks again for listening to the Barnabas Effect today. And now we continue with our message. Jesus called them and said to them, you know, those who are considered to be rulers of the Gentiles, they lord over them and the great ones exercise authority over them, but it shall not be among you. You're supposed to be different. Whoever would be great among you must be a servant. Whoever would be first among you must be a slave. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom of many. You've got the mission statement of Jesus right there in Mark ten forty five. Why did Jesus come? He came to serve and to give his life. What? For you. Jesus says, if you want to walk in my way, if you want to be like me, you've got to get back to this. You've got to be a servant. So when you make a dumb decision, choose to be wise and put yourself back in the way of Jesus. He was saying, my way is different. You've gone down a path, you've made some dumb decisions, wherever it is, in your marriage, in your education, and in your work life, in your family, in your spiritual journey, you've made dumb decisions understand. If you're going to get back in the way of Jesus, if you're going to get back up, the way up is down. you got to humble yourself. You've got to recognize it's not all about you. you got to serve Him and others. Most of us make dumb decisions because we, we're living with a misplaced focus. We're living in the moment, and we're trying to make ourselves feel good right here, right now, and we do something that is dumb and it's sinful and we live with the consequences sometimes for the rest of our life. Some of you today, you've been forgiven, you're walking in grace, but you're living with the consequences of dumb decisions. It's dumb to ask what I can get out of this when I should be asking what can I give in this moment. It's dumb to look for success in life like James and John were doing when we should be looking for the significance that God wants to give us. It's dumb to cling to our comfort when God wants to build our character. This morning in my Bible reading, I was just reading through some Psalms, and I landed in Psalms 105 and Psalms 10519 that says, until the time came to fulfill his dreams, the Lord tested Joseph's character. Your dreams are not fulfilled. You're not experiencing all that you want to experience in life. Maybe God's got you in the wilderness building your character. Stop clinging to comfort and just hold on to the character that God's forming in your life. But there's one more scene in chapter 10. And I included this because this shows us how to make a wise decision. Because I don't want to focus on the negative. I don't want to just tell you, don't be dumb. I want to help you be wise. So Jesus is continuing on the way. He's going toward Jerusalem, toward the cross. And the Bible says there's a blind beggar on the road. His name, we don't really know his name, actually. You say, well, his name's Bartimaeus. No, bar means son of, and it tells us in Scripture he's the son of Timaeus. (laughs) But we call him blind Bartimaeus, right? He's on the side of the road. And he cries out to Jesus. And guess what? The disciples show again how dumb they are. Because the disciples say, hey, be quiet. Be quiet. Jesus don't have time for you. And that's the way we feel when we get puffed up with our success and our significance. When we get clothed in our comfort and all the things that we have, we think, oh, Jesus is blessing. I mean, we really think that God wants to bless you with a new car or a bigger house just because of something you've done. I mean, is that how small we think our God is? Do we really think he needs us that much? We're no different than the disciples. That's dumb. And Jesus tells them, and in verse 51, we find something interesting. Jesus said to him, what what do you want me to do for you? Now, don't miss this. Jesus gives him permission to ask the very things James and John ask. Because he was coming from a place of humility. Jesus had just talked about the cross to James and John and and they said, hey, hey, uh, we got it. Can you do me a favor? This man's just a beggar on the side of the road and he's calling out to the Son of God. And Jesus says, what do you want me to do for you? And the blind man says, Rabbi, Rabbi, let me recover my sight. And Jesus said to him, Go your way. Your faith has made you well. And immediately he recovered his sight. And he followed him all the way. How do you make wise decisions? Real quick, number one. Stop waiting for the right circumstances. Some of you are making dumb decisions because you're just looking at the circumstances around you. I I don't feel like I'm equipped for this moment. I don't feel like I can be obedient. I'm under too much. I'm under these circumstances. One of the most practical ways this affects us is holding on to our possessions. We're not faithful as stewards. We're not faithful and obedient to the man's of Scripture because we're looking at the circumstances. So number one is stop waiting for the right circumstances. This man was just sitting by the road. And in verse 46, he cries out to Jesus. Number two, start assuming responsibility. Stop playing the blame game. Stop blaming your parents. Stop blaming your boss. Stop blaming the lack of education. Stop blaming what somebody did to you. And start assuming responsibility. You're the one that can cry out to God. You're the one that can get right with Him. You're the one that can make a wise decision. Just start assuming responsibility. Number three, don't worry about what others say. Verse 48, the disciples are trying to shut Him up. Did he shut up? Read what it says. No, he just got louder. Stop worrying about what others are going to think about you. Just step out in faith. Number four, call out to Jesus. So Jesus said, hey, buddy, what do you want? He says, give me my sight. When's the last time you've called out to Jesus and said, oh, Jesus, Remember that song we sang a moment ago? Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. When's the last time you've just called out and said, Oh, Jesus, I need you to do what only you can do. We've conditioned ourselves to so say, if it's your will or if it's okay or if it's pleasing to you, when's the last time you just called out to say, Jesus, do what only you can do. I'll never forget a story of a couple years ago when a young lady from a Islamic background came into our office and she was struggling with worry and fear and uh, the result of a long story she looks to Pastor Zach after telling her story and she said finally I went to bed and I said God if you're there would you just show me you're real and she said pastor I had a dream and I had this man in white that came to me and he called my name she said her first name he called my name and he said hey I can calm your fears I can help you not be afraid, but you got to trust in me. And she looked at Pastor Zach and she said, what's that man's name? And he said, his name is Jesus. And she cried out to Jesus and it began to change her life. It didn't mean all the circumstances in her life got better, but it changed her forever. Call out to Jesus. And the number five, step out in faith and start believing. I love this because in chapter 51, I mean, in verse 51, what it says is that he threw down his cloak now, I can speak to this because I have a daughter who was born blind. She doesn't have a cloak that shows her blindness. I'm going to tell you about the cloak. She has a stick. We call it Mr. Cain. She hates him. But she's supposed to use Mr. Cain to help her go. It's a, a cane, as you've seen others who are blind, that use today. In that day, they didn't have a cane. They wore a cloak, and you would know that a person was blind because of the cloak that was around them. And listen to this. It said, as he called out to Jesus, before he had his sight, he threw down his cloak and he said, Jesus, give me my sight. When's the last time you've stepped out in faith? When's the last time you've done what God's asking you to do, not because you've got it all figured out, not because you understand the plans, but because you're living in faith. One final time, Jesus responds. And he gives him exactly what he asked for. Boy, this teaches us about prayer. Some of us are being dumb because we've tried everything else in the world, but we're not even really trying to pray. Amazing things happen when we pray. And this, I could just preach a message on prayer from this verse. Uh, prayer was commanded, prayer was exhibited. So the man cried out to Jesus after Jesus said, what do you want me to do? And then prayer was answered. When we do what God says to do, he always answers. But I love the way this chapter ends. Did you catch it? At the end of Mark chapter 10, it says, and immediately he recovered his sight And he followed him. Do you see this? On the way. You want to know how to make wise decisions? Just get in the way of Jesus. Just get in the way of Jesus. Now that begins by just getting in his presence. But some of you know the early Christ followers, they were identified as those who were in the way. They were living their lives the way Jesus led his life. When you do that, when you choose to be wise and put yourself back in the way of Jesus, remember that's the one thing I want you to get. When you do that, it changes everything. So made a dumb decision, get in the way of Jesus. Been dumb and messed up your marriage, get back in the way of Jesus. You've been dumb at work, Get in the way of Jesus. You ruin some relationships in your little corner of the world. Get in the way of Jesus. Your finances are a mess. Get in the way of Jesus. Stop expecting him to fix your finances when you're not even doing it his way. Get in the way of Jesus. Because here's what I believe. I believe when we get in the way of Jesus, I believe he looks at us lovingly and says, What do you want?
0: You've been listening to The Barnabas Effect with Pastor Paul Purvis. The Barnabas Effect is here to provide listeners like you with biblical truth and spiritual encouragement. But it can't be done without your financial support.